talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about hey. you and me. Let's talk Let's about, talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, guys. And if you haven't guessed, we're talking about sex today. Oh, yeah, let's do it. My name is Dr. Pindula Erica Choa. And I'm Dr. Karina Ostani. And this is Hey Doc, Let's Chat. Hey, 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 welcome back to our show. So today we are going to talk about sex and intimacy after having a baby. So we all know that sex after having a baby can be quite challenging. So we decided to put together a few questions and we're going to answer them for you. Number one question. I always get this one. <laughs> Doctor, when can I have sex again? My husband is haunting me. <laughs> The struggle is real. <laughs> Man, they're like animals just waiting, just lurking. Like, when is the doctor going to clear you? Come on, babe. <laughs> so when I have that question, the answer I usually give is you need a minimum of six weeks to be able to engage comfortably in intercourse. However, we know that engaging in intercourse and enjoying it is not limited only to physical comfort. There's mm -hmm. an emotional aspect that goes into it. So I wanted to ask Erica, how was your experience getting back into it? So six weeks, mm -mm. so it took way longer for me. I think at six weeks, I was not ready, Karen. I went back to my doctor's appointment. And to be honest with you, I probably was asking him to give me a little bit more time. I, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> you were that You were that patient? Like, please put it in I writing. Like, it is not right. It is not right down there, doc. I need you to tell me so I can tell my husband that I need more time, more time. So six weeks was not for me. I think maybe after eight weeks and even... Even at eight weeks, it was just more so just let's get this done. And that's just the honest truth. It was very uncomfortable for many reasons that I'm sure many women suffer with. There's the vaginal dryness. There's the, mm -hmm. the vagina's changing. It's just not the same. You know, you're tired. You're exhausted. You're our breastfeeding baby. Your boobs mm -hmm. are leaking everywhere. I mean, it. it's not okay. It just, things just were not okay. And then also the psychological aspect of it. So I would say six weeks makes sense. However, women listen to your body. Six weeks may not be for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen to your body. So whenever you are ready, as long as you are cleared by your doctor, that's what it should be for you. Okay. Second question. I feel so loose. I feel like if mm, I could mm, pass mm, gas mm, through mm. my vagina. Mm. That's honestly, those are questions that are real. Girl, sister girl, whoever asks question is the truth because <laughs> this is everything. Why, Corinne, why on earth is it not right down there? And do I feel like I can pass gas down there? You need to explain. Well, there's... First of all, be kinder to yourself. <laughs> you just had a full human being going through your vagina, okay? That counts for something, right? But in, in all seriousness, your pelvic floor muscles are just going to be a little bit looser, a little bit more relaxed. But rest assured, it's going to change and go back to its natural state. The vagina is magical, girl. If you haven't noticed, the vagina is magical. Magic. However, <laughs> there is some truth to it. Like when your muscles are a little bit more relaxed than 
what they used to be, you can feel super loose. And that's how women describe that experience of feeling like they can pass gas, they can necessarily engage the muscles, they don't have the same tone as they used to, which is why, you know, during those times, I encourage women to practice Kegel exercises, right? And it's important to do it the right way because a lot of women, they will tell me they practice Kegel exercises, but don't, they're not doing it correctly. Do you remember how you were taught to do it? I mean, I don't know if this is correct, but I mean, I, I got on, on usually on my back, on the flat surface, either my bed or the floor. And I just started contracting those muscles, making sure that I held it for a few seconds and then release and breathe out, mm -hmm. held it and released and breathed out. And then also just try to do a few pelvic floor exercises that mm -hmm. Google on YouTube. So, I mean, YouTube is amazing. Look, MD Googling on YouTube, how to do pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you become a mom. Okay, Listen. the MD goes out the window. That's what you happens. start to go on Google, YouTube, looking for help, a little help out there. So that's what I did. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay. So I won't judge you, but I will tell our listeners one way to do it. That's very easy. So think about when you are about to use the restroom and you need to empty your bladder. And as you start to let your urine come out, you want to hold it in the middle of it. Just hold it. And think about the muscles that you are engaging to stop that urine stream. Mm -hmm. Once you hold it, you keep it for 10 seconds at a time, and then you let go. The, the longer you're able to hold your urine stream, the stronger your muscles are becoming. And you only need to practice that like three times a day for 10 seconds each. Now, once you master the art of doing that, you can replicate that in any settings. Like I like to tell my patients, like when you're sitting at the red light and you're waiting for that light to turn, just, just do that mm -hmm. exercise. It's a nice way to just remember to do it in the mix of everything else that you're doing that's being a new mom, you know, you're running around. So that's your little time by yourself. You can remind yourself and do it at that time, you know? And that makes sense actually, because after delivery, I mean, you're just TMI, but you're leaking a little bit. So, you know, you can't wait the full, you know, eight hours to not use a bathroom. So you're just leaking everywhere. And that also has to do with just your pelvic floor not being strong and just loose muscles. Exactly. And so exactly. That you're telling people to tighten that area so that they can hold their pee a little bit longer because I was using the bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. Because prevent accidents. So that makes sense. Yeah. Makes mm -hmm. sense. All right. Okay. So you got the next one. I do have the next one. So doc, when can I go back on birth control? Am I super fertile? Am I not fertile at all? Does this breastfeeding thing actually keep me from having a baby? What's the deal? That's a great question, actually, because a lot of women think that as long as they are breastfeeding, they shouldn't get pregnant, which in reality, it helps. It decreases your fertility during that window, but it doesn't mean that you're completely covered and you can pop an egg from time to time and ovulate and get pregnant. Ooh. Right now, if you are not, <laughs> if you are not breastfeeding, <laughs> your menstrual cycle can resume as early as six weeks. However, you could also ovulate before your anticipated period. So it's hard to say that, oh, absolutely. You cannot get pregnant because you're breastfeeding or because you just had a baby, because we have seen times and times again, women come back without having their next period and they're pregnant already. So what I say, discuss a good birth control plan with your doctor. 
discuss that、mm-hmm. when you go for your postpartum visit. Start to think about what option you will prefer and what will make you comfortable, and explore those options at the time during your visit. Or wrap it up. Oh, <laughs> that too. <laughs> that I know a lot of women are concerned because they breastfeeding and they don't want birth control to impact their breast milk.、Mm-hmm. So. That's why having those conversations are good because you can navigate that and figure out the best birth control for you if you're breastfeeding, or if you're not breastfeeding, the options that you have as well. Thank you for reminding that actually about the the difference in in breastfeeding mothers because I think that's important for them to really sit down and talk about their options with their doctors. So alright, I got the next one. So why is my labia so dark? Everything seems so dark. <laughs> Which I don't know if it's because I've seen a lot of labia. I don't even notice those color changes until they they point it out, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can see what you're saying, Kanda. Why are they looking at the labia? I I have no idea. I don't even see down there. Why are they looking at the labia, girl? I did not have this question. This is not my question. <laughs> my my suspicion is that they might not be the one make, making note of that color change. That's just my suspicion. <laughs> Art, But there is a reason behind it.、It's, there's a reason behind it, and it's all hormonal. Those hormonal changes that are happening in your body can impact your skin, and the skin over your labia can be ex- exposed to a significant amount of hormones. Hence, the changes that some women experience. Not all women, but some women. But it is temporary, so you will get back your shiny color in no time. <laughs> Ooh,、um, this next one. I love this next question because I get this in the ER all the time. Doc, I got this lump that is coming through my butt, and it hurts. What is this thing poking out through my butt? She said, "Lump, lump through the butt." No, there's some alien coming out of my behind. What is that? No, no, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. No, Erica. Oh my god! Have you、God. seen those hemorrhoids? They're pretty bad. I, those I, hemorrhoids know, can be huge. They can be really、okay. bad. I, so I, I definitely understand women. I didn't have this. This was not my portion. I had other issues. This was not my portion. So, but <laughs> women experience. Hemorrhoids during pregnancy, and it's unavoidable for some people. And I don't know if we have any tips that we can give women to prevent this, or is it just one of those situations that it just happens all the time? And what are hemorrhoids anyway? Maybe we can explain to our listeners because they may be having a, a lump poking out of their butt and they don't know what it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, you ask if it happens to everyone.、Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't happen to everyone. Unfortunately, some women are more prone. To have it versus others, and I find that women that do report a history of hemorrhoids during pregnancy, they tend to have it over and over again. Unfortunately,、mm. and to answer the question of what are hemorrhoids, it's, it's a group of swollen vein around the anus, and with the pressure of the baby,、okay. the weight of the baby pushing, it just exacerbates the swelling of those veins, and then they pop out, and it feels like a lump, and it hurts tremendously when they try to have a bowel movement, and it can last even after you have the baby. And some of them, even when I see them years later, you can see that change. It remains; it's not as significant, but it's there. 
So what I usually tell them is that during the course of pregnancy, it's all just supportive measures like using creams to help the swelling go down, mm-hmm. making sure you use stool softeners. Same thing after you have the baby. Like those are the same tools that we have and making sure that they have a diet that allows them to have good bowel movement and so that they're not constipated because constipation will exacerbate it, you know? Mm. Yeah, the glory of being a mom. It's a beautiful thing, but it comes with the dark side. So (laughs) I think that's why women are doing this because we just rock like that, right? We sure do rock. I'm not sure if the men would be able to handle all this that our bodies go through. I'm just saying. (laughs) I know, but we still love them. We still love them. It's okay. All right. So the next one I have is. I have to concentrate so hard to have an orgasm. Is that normal? Ooh, I remember that. I definitely remember that. It just it just takes longer, Karen. It takes longer. It takes more focus. And this was early on postpartum. I think obviously things change the further away, but early on, especially when you're starting again. And I don't know if that's like mental, psychological, or actual physical changes that your body is going through, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that there's a combination of both. There's a physical aspect. Because when you think about being a new mom, you're physically exhausted. you sleep deprived. So naturally your sex drive is going to be diminished, right? Mm -hmm. And then you add the physical or the emotional aspect, I I should say, where you perceive your body differently now, right? You used to be this sexy thing and Mm -hmm. hot, hot, hot mom. (laughs) Or no, I should say hot wife, right? And then you transition into this role. Now you're just a mom, right? And that transition can be quite challenging. And not to say that there are not hot moms out there. There are definitely. But I think that there's a period of time exactly exactly i mean i girl we we, we, we've we've seen it okay (laughs) we've seen it we acknowledge it we respect it thank you thank you but you you do know what i mean like there's this transition where i find that a lot of women try to redefine themselves in their perceived roles and expectations of themselves and that can be challenging and that's when i find that they have the most issues with intimacy Mm. and it translates into their ability to enjoy intercourse Mm. so i usually tell them one to be patient and two to communicate with the partner like what's happening in this very moment and try to create a safe space for intimacy where you can volunteer what will make you feel comfortable so that you can achieve that pleasure a little bit more readily and also more comfortably you know i love that i love that and i think this next question actually kind of piggybacks off of that question and the question is my husband wants sex all the time or he does not want sex at all Mm. i this question because that's a tough one because you know obviously mommy's talk we all talk we get together we talk about our postpartum journey and you know i had friends who are like my husband wants to have sex all the time you know he's asking when can we do it when can we do it and then some are on the other spectrum where it's like my husband does not want to touch me at all He does not want to have sex at all with me. And I think this is where communication comes in and really having built, like building that communication beforehand and sort of saying those expectations is real. And so I I don't know what you tell your your moms when they come in with this problem, because I've been there. there. Well, how did you navigate that? Because you mentioned 
communication, Ooh. but in in real time, how do you navigate that? I think talking through that and figuring out his challenges, his barriers, what's going on is super important. And so I think that in real time for me was super difficult because especially with like I'm turned on and I want to go, you know, and my husband is like, no, I, I'm just, no, don't want to, I'm just, I'm good, mm. you know, don't want to mess things up. And so I, I think we just had to get to a point where just constant talking. And then also, like you said, getting creative and really trying to spend time with each other. Um, I was not on the spectrum of my husband wanting to have sex too much, which thank God, because I would I don't think I could handle mm-hmm. that. Did counseling and just learning how to navigate this new phase mm-hmm. in life. Well, um, I appreciate you being candid about it because a lot of women, unfortunately, they don't find a voice in those moments and they shut down. And when they come to see me, mm-hmm. they can sense a lot of frustration because there's a little bit of resentment with the fact that they're giving so much to this newborn and and they feel like they shouldn't have to worry about that other aspect of their life, which unfortunately intimacy is mm-hmm. key in a for a healthy relationship, right? So redefining mm-hmm. the the tone is important because I always tell my patients, sex and intimacy don't necessarily have to to contradict each other and sometimes they can uplift Mm -hmm. each other meaning like you may not be able to have sexual intercourse but you can have a very intimate experience with someone and it comes with finding Mm -hmm. ways to connect with that person in non-sexual ways and it comes with sitting on the couch with that person and just like cuddling it comes with you know sharing a moment Mm -hmm. in the shower together granted that way the baby i don't know maybe you will know the answer to that but (laughs) but there are ways to create an intimate space right that can be non-sexual and i think that taking the time to create that space can help women specifically get to a place where they're comfortable enough so that that experience is not as challenging and they can they can they can find a middle ground with their husband right because it opens it soft it softens mm. the conversation and people don't feel antagonized right once they exchanging on that topic because it's uncomfortable who wants to be chasing someone in the house to have yeah. sex? No one. Also, people don't like rejected, <laughs> right? So exactly, exactly. You have to think about both people involving that scenario and how to communicate their needs. For sure. That was a good question. That was a good question. So what did you guys do with the baby? <laughs> That's the last question. <laughs> how do I have sex with my baby in the way? Girl, I've heard women and just talking to the women with the bed, the baby still in the bed and getting creative. See, that's not that's not my life. I think, you know, early on, we learned to have the baby in her own bassinet. Mm. And so you know, a lot of women, you know, co-sleep. That's a conversation for another, you know, time. But a lot of women do co-sleep with their children. And I think that probably makes it a little bit challenging. Sounds like some women are getting super creative with the baby on the bed. And so I think you got to do what you have to do, mm. but try to put the baby in the bassinet when y'all getting it on. I would say put the baby in the bassinet. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have any experience in that, but I would I would assume that it will be safer for the baby in the bassinet away from body slamming. You know, like. I think so, girl. I think so. so anyway let's not judge but it's just a suggestion okay just so what can we do to make things better 
So let's end with some tips. Oh, I love tips because we got to have takeaways. Our moms need advice. So we talked about communication. That was huge, right? Mm -hmm. And patience. I like patience. I think patience can help in situations where you are trying to find yourself in a new role. So there's patience that needs to be present for both you as an individual and the person in front of you, your partner. Mm -hmm. So that's that that would be one. To piggyback on patience, I would say patience with yourself and loving your body. Loving your body is super important. You brought this amazing human being into the world. I mean, what a blessing is that? That is a crazy role that you've been bestowed. And so I would say, love yourself, love your body, love what your body just did. And when you learn to embrace your body, I feel like that really changes how you think. It changes your intimacy, changes your relationship. But when you hate yourself, it's really difficult to engage in an intimate relationship with someone else. I think it makes it difficult if you don't love yourself for you to have an intimate relationship with your husband because there's barriers there or your partner, there's a barrier there. It starts with self-love and that also, I think it's a good place to encourage our new moms to find time for themselves outside of being a mom, where they exercise and they practice meditation, they mm -hmm. spend time with themselves mm -hmm. to rebuild that love for themselves. I think that's that's a powerful point you just made. What I was going to say is create a safe space for intimacy, which we talked about earlier, and it can look any way you choose. It's your space. So communicate what it looks like to you, to your partner, and enter that space with your partner openly, honestly, candidly, and, and enjoy being in that space, right? Mm. It doesn't have to look like anyone else but yours, which includes date night. Here's the biggest thing, and I'm going to be real because someone's thinking this. You, If you don't have your family here, if you don't have a babysitter, it's going to be you, your partner, and baby. And so really leaving the house may be super difficult. And so intimacy may look like baby is now asleep. Let's just sit down and share a meal together, watch a movie together, cuddle. Those are the little things. And so I would say just find the opportunity to be close. Be close. There's non-sexual contact. There's a lot of things that can promote intimacy in your marriage. If you can get a date night, bless you, you are ahead of the game because many people may not be able to leave the house. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. And, and you know, don't be afraid to explore. Don't be if afraid to, re to discover your body. And also that can allow you to get comfortable again when it's time to interact with your partner because mm. it allows you to break that barrier by yourself without being watched by someone mm -hmm. else. So find time to just explore yourself. And then whenever you're ready, invite your partner to join you, right? That's, I think that's something that helps significantly. I find my patients reporting that to me. It can help. I love that. One of the last things is lubrication. I'm going to just throw that out there, get some KY jelly because the vaginal dryness is real. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like coconut oil. Coconut oil is the whatever, best. Whatever coconut oil, is. everything. <laughs> Just label it for bedroom use only. <laughs> whatever y'all use, just use it, please. Do not subject yourself to pain. It is not okay. Yes. So, yes. My two cents. All right. <laughs> well, there's help out there. Ultimately, there's help. 
I hope that these questions that we answered for you will encourage you to open up, be candid about it, talk to your doctor, talk to your friends, find a support group. If there's any concerns that you may have, that's the time to bring it up when you go see your doctor and they'll be happy to discuss them with you. So I hope this little session was helpful, helpful for you guys. And I totally enjoyed myself. Yes, How about you? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, <laughs> and ladies, if you have any additional questions, just email us at heydocletschat at gmail.com or send us an inbox on Instagram, which is the same name as well as Facebook. So yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you for tuning in. This was Hey Doc. Let's chat.